Welcome to Growing Up Fire with Jamie Coots. Seahawk, it is our commitment to you that you have complete access to the top professionals, industry experts, and products for your fire service. We stand by the service and products we provide. We are proud of our past and we are constantly listening to our customers and exploring new ways to bring better options to the fire service. This is Seahawk. High level, safety, service, security. Please visit our website at www.seahawkservice.ca or give us a call at 1-888-791-4210. Welcome to season two, Growing Up Fire. Got a good one for today. Uh, got Brent Paquette from Chestermere Fire Service. And I don't know why, but we got talked into having our two daughters here. So Sarah and Maddie are here with us. Probably just to bash us a little bit and talk about all the things we screwed up as we uh, raised them. But that's okay. We'll get through it. We're here for each other, Brent. Right? You remember how this works? Right? I, I'll try to, to be here. I'm a little, <laughs> little concerned having the daughters here. See how much we messed up their childhood now. Yeah, this was their idea. And we're all like, yeah, having a few beers. That'd be cool. We should do that. And now here we are. So maybe we'll have to have a few more beers as we go through this and make sure that everything's okay. But we'll all survive, right? And so for me, when I think about having kids and and being at the fire service and and all of those things, I think my son was super easy, right? My daughter will hate this because he loved the fire hall. He wanted to come to the fire hall. He wanted to wash the fire trucks. He wanted to drive around. He literally would sleep there if I'd let him. And then there was Sarah with the crazy eye rolls, which I'm sure was similar at your house. Like, you should come and help me do this, eye roll. You should come to the fire hall and help me get the truck ready for the parade, eye roll. Right? I have to go to the fire hall, eye roll. If you could see the eye rolls, they're already happening. So so for you, what are some of the things that you remember? Maddie's growing up around the house. Well, there's quite a few times where I would get definitely the eye roll going to the hall or out the typical... Oh, I just got to stop the hall for five minutes, and there's no such thing as five minutes. <laughs> Never in the history of fire hose. <laughs> but it all depended who was working on the day when Maddie came with me to the hall, if she was going to like it or not, because... Throw her like, under oh, the Throwing her under right away. But no, she got to do a lot of fun and cool things that no other kids got to do, and she'll probably go into those a little bit later, but... And you worried about her all the time when she was there. I didn't worry about any of my guys. I didn't worry about this. I didn't worry about that. But all of a sudden, you bring your daughter to the hall, and you're like, eh. Yeah, don't climb up that. Yeah, don't, don't touch that. Don't do this. Yeah, stuff yeah. that I did yeah. Stop looking the in the door handle. <laughs> you really have to watch them. So, yeah, no, it's, it definitely changes you. That's for sure, having a daughter. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because you start off your career and and you don't have any responsibilities. You're just a young firefighter out there crushing it. You don't have to worry if you're going to get hurt. You don't have to worry if anything. You just don't think like that. Your brain doesn't let you think like that. Then all of a sudden, you know, you get married and you got that responsibility and you have kids and they got that responsibility. And it just changes. I don't want to say it, it makes you you know, more of a sissy, but it, it makes you a little bit, you think about everything a little bit more, right? Maybe a little soft. You become a little bit softer <laughs> right. than what you used little, to be. Yeah, a little bit more heart than, right? Yeah. 
And you think about those things, right? And so, you know, for me, I think I probably knew that my son was going to grow up and be a firefighter, but Sarah was very clear that she was not going to be a firefighter and she didn't care about firefighters and she wasn't going to marry a firefighter and she, all of these things. So some wins there. Last definite week. wins, definite <laughs> yeah, wins. Last there, person yes. on earth any of us want our daughters to marry is a firefighter. Uh, definitely do not. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's a no to anyone that's listening. <laughs> and then yet... As you go along and they're with you, it's kind of cool and you get all of those things. So, Maddie, let's go to you. What are some of your first memories of the fire station? I always remember, yeah, like he said, like just being around just five minutes before we go and do this or whatever. And then I'm just waiting forever. And then I get bored, go bother some grown men that are like, why is this child here? (laughs) But they all kind of took me under their wing. I always remember having... The radio in the house and hearing it go off at all hours of the day and night. It's just so ingrained into my life now. Like, I don't ever remember my life without the fire service. To me, I love it. And you bring up a good point. You want to see a bunch of firefighters become the biggest softy teddy bears <laughs> on the planet. You bring your daughter to the fire hall. And all of a sudden, everyone's like, oh, you're so cute. What are you doing? Do you want one of this? And, and they literally could do whatever they wanted, right? Oh. My son comes and it's like, get out of the way. Hey, kid, grab that broom. Push this. Do that. Help us. Get the hose. Wash the truck. My daughter comes and it's like, oh, hey, Sarah. How are you? <laughs> right? It's exactly. Oh, we just made this. Or do you want to sit down and watch? Or we're going to watch this. We're going to do that. We're going to have a tea party. We're going to have lunch. We're going to watch a Disney movie. We're doing all everything that I want to do. I was treated like a princess. I love the fire hall. There's all those firefighters, right? Big old, yeah, we're firefighters. And the next thing you know, they're literally having a tea party while they watch a Frozen movie or something. (laughs) It's like, what in the crap is happening here? Sarah, how about for you? What are some of your first memories? I think (laughs) I hated it so much. (laughs) The eye rolling and the dragging and stomping in my feet of having to go. And we... Used to live right down the road, so I remember being at the fire hall more than we were at our house. Like I remember going there and washing cars. We washed our cars there all the time. We were always there for everything, for things that weren't work related, and for things that were. And again, like Maddie said, the pagers going off at the house all the time. Supper six o'clock. <laughs> it didn't come without a test page. It's just things like that. I mean. Like she said as well, is it's engraved in our lives. And I've never had a life that wasn't surrounded by first responders. So this is my life. And there were parts of it that I hated. <laughs> but, I mean, I wouldn't change any of it for the world. I think it helps mold you, right? And, you know, as much as it can be a bothersome burden, it can also be those fun times that you get to go. And so let's just jump ahead a little bit and talk about some of the good times, right? So for me, some of the good times were always parades, Everybody shows up, we wash all the trucks, we get everything ready, it's pretty awesome. You know that people are going to be out there cheering, we're going to get to whip candy at everybody, so that's pretty fun. How about you guys? Was that a good memory? Did you like going in the parades? Did you like doing those kinds of things at the fire hall? I did. I was, uh, when I was younger, I was in army cadets, so I would also be in the parade, but I would get driven to and from the parade in the fire truck, which was fun. So I got to flex on all my friends there. I think also like Smoke Tower was a very fun activity for me, which is just a training activity for everybody else. But I'm just running around and wearing everybody's helmets and gear and just, it was super fun for me. I had a lot of great times with the fire hall. And like those guys became like all of my uncles and extended family. We would easily turn like a work thing into just like a family thing. Super easy. And that was my favorite part of it. 
I think you had to kind of do that, right, Brent? Yeah. I mean, like, if you didn't turn it into a fun thing, can you imagine how that would have turned out for us? Oh, that would be bad. Yeah, I remember, <laughs> I, was, I really remember when we go to Smoke Tower, there'd be things that I'd be like, Madison, you shouldn't be back here, and you shouldn't <laughs> be with us, and you go sit over there, and don't leave that area, and stay right there, but also you look over, and someone that's not in a scenario is over there doing something with her, hanging out, like, I don't know how she always... You could always get the guys to do whatever you wanted. I'm pretty charming. <laughs> <laughs> Just ask her or anyone that knows her. Yeah, exactly. yeah, no, it's true. And I think that's all those firefighters, right? They just yeah. can't stand it that someone's sitting over there, not part of the team, not doing what we're all doing. And so they would come over. I think I remember that with Sarah too, lots of the time, right? Everyone would, they could tell she was super unimpressed with being there. So anything they could do to make her more happy or more fun. But, you know, I also can remember you riding your bike at the fire hall around all the trucks and doing all this stuff which probably wasn't the best idea we ever had to no. let a kid cruise around five hundred thousand dollar trucks but you know we could go there and do things with water in the middle of winter which is eight months long in the north there and and so there was just so many things that you could do that other kids couldn't do so let's go and, and we'll talk a little bit about that too right so your dad's on the fire department and you're in a small town. Chestermere are not as small as Slave Lake, but there's all of those things. So, but, but really, it was you I know, guess, that many years ago. Yeah, it, right. it was yeah. it was thirteen thousand people at the max when she was kind of growing up in that. So, so don't age me to, like that. <laughs> so you're going to school. Everyone knows that that's your dad. He's on the fire department, yeah. right? So, do you guys have any memories of that being ratted out to? Because you're oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I feel like a good portion of my teenage years were under a microscope of all of Slave Lake telling you and dialing your phone number constantly. Um, My network was working. Yes, yes. And we know that you set that up and you wanted it to be that way, low key. But it was, it's not easy being under a microscope or having to live up to being the fire chief's daughter and not messing around and not getting into trouble and knowing what's right from wrong. Because at the end of the day, you taught it to us from day one. We can't be doing stupid (laughs) shit and getting into trouble. And that didn't stop us, but (laughs) (laughs) that didn't mean we didn't get caught. (laughs) Yeah. So for me, I mean, that was like a huge part of me growing up is you knew everything. That's just how it was. Yeah, for sure. It's like... Like, my dad and I have a very good relationship, so I never felt like I needed to hide anything from him. And, like, he always taught me right from wrong. And also, it's, I could see the consequences of if I was stupid, here are the situations I will end up in. But it's lots of. Brent, put your money away. You don't have to pay her. <laughs> I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, it's a lot of, or my friends being like, oh, your dad was down the street or at my house for a call or something like that. And so everybody knew who he was and everybody knew who I was. But, It was not so fun. Like, growing up in such a small town, the cops and firefighters worked very close together, so they would pull me over for fun all the time and just feel like, hey, Brent, look. Or, like, when I would get pulled over and five people would call him before I got home in the five-minute drive. So, yeah, I definitely agree with Sarah. Like, it was a lot of living under a microscope in a small town, but... I mean, like, I'm always super proud of him and of the fire service, so it could be a lot worse who I'm associated with, I guess. How about you, Brent? Let's hear the other side of that. <laughs> there was something I told her really early that was this, remember your actions, right, are going to reflect the rest of the family, mm-hmm. no matter what. And 
fortunately, because of the position I hold, that it just, it's life. It is the way it is. And that stuck with her. I definitely know that because there's a couple times where, right, she would get pulled over and I'd already know before she got home. And it wasn't even from the officer that pulled her over. It was from somebody else I knew in town. So she just, she knew to keep fairly straight and narrow. Yeah. Fairly. I like how you use the word fairly. (laughs) At our house, fairly was less fairly often. (laughs) So from, you know, my perspective always, as much as she hated it and felt like she was under a microscope, I would always be like, yeah, I don't really know if I need to know every time my kid said the F word at school or, (laughs) or every time they, you know, I was a hockey coach in town. So I'd be like, I know how screwed up a lot of your kids are. And why are you guys always hacking on my kids just because I'm the fire chief or you have this full access to me all the time. So I think, you know, as much as it's hard on them to be watched over and know that everything they do reflects on them, I could also say that it's hard on us as the adults. It completely is hard on us because there's, yeah, there's definitely times where you're like, I don't want to know what she's doing. Let her live her life and let her be a kid. And I know that I did things that I probably shouldn't have done. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And there was no phones then, so we're good. Yeah. And especially before cell phones and all that type of thing, right? So, yeah, there's a bunch of things that, I don't want to know, or it doesn't matter to me. And it was one of those that I trust her, so it didn't matter, right? I think I've done a good job till this point. If she's messing up that much, (laughs) yeah, I better not (laughs) pass some wood. But yeah, well, I thought that was a call. (laughs) There was a bunch of times where, yeah, you just you didn't want to know, or you'd say to somebody like, "Yeah, that's sure, whatever. I don't care what she's doing," (laughs) which you do, but it's stressful because everybody knows what they're doing and knows that it's your daughter that's doing this or not doing this or whatever. Right. And then that, that's some great feedback. If you flipped it, right. You hear some things that they didn't do when they were with people and you're like, yeah, that's my girl. Yeah. But yeah, the, it's stressful on both sides. Right. Mm-hmm. And it took me many years to figure that out. I always felt like the growing up part, like it'd be funny, you know, you'd go and pick up, they get older, right? They're 16, 17, and they're having some drinks and there's like, hey, can you come pick me up? Oh, sure, we'll come. And then all of a sudden, they're, all their drunk idiot friends are in there too. And it's like, I can't believe I'm in the fire chief's truck. And you're just like, oh my God, shut up. What's wrong with all these kids, right? You're just like, so there were so many times where as much as she wishes she could like hide it, I would wish so much that I could hide it as well, right? And it's the one thing about being on the fire department is you're always on the fire department. Mm-hmm. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. You don't get to turn it off. Maybe when you go on holidays, but I don't know about you, it was a magnet for us. Always shit yeah, would go wrong yeah. and we'd have to. Something's going wrong somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we'd always have to to stand up to that, right? But is I'm like you because people would be like, you want to know what your daughter did last night? And I was like, no. I probably know, but if I don't, I don't want to know. And, you know, there's a couple big events we won't get into on the podcast where shit went down and I didn't hear about it and I didn't know about it. And, you know, I'd have to find out later and be like, oh, man, that, that is, wait, that's some stuff that the fire chief shouldn't know. <laughs> right. But then there's so many other times where we'd just be like, oh, you know, I hope they had a good time and, and that this whole thing didn't like, come crushing down on them. Exactly. And you can't. It's both sides of that sword, right? You can't just pick and choose of what you get to hear and what you don't get to hear. But mm. it's nice to know that if it was something important, you would have found out. And that's where I think we still have that same relationship today that because of those things, she knew I was going to find out anyways. So it's <laughs> it's just easier if you tell me, yeah, right? Like, I'll yeah. just get, hey, heads up, dad, da, 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 da. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. So we got that relationship pretty early before she was driving. So that <laughs> made, that made our life a little easier with one another. 
yeah. Right on. It's so different and so funny. So we're kind of getting to the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? So all the things that happen. And and so I just want to share a quick story about Sarah. Um, (laughs) I think she was on her like third or fourth or fifth car. I don't know. She had a lot of cars when she was a kid. Only had four. And and okay, so she was on the third car then. And it's like 1230 at night and she's cruising around this guy. And we knew she was cruising around this guy. And I was like, oh. And all of a sudden my phone rings. She's in tears. Dad, this person hit us and it wrecked my car and it pushed it up to the power pole. And I'm like, holy crap. And I think I actually asked the right question, which is, are you okay? (laughs) And then I said, where are you? And then it was like, did you call 911? Well, no, I called you. <laughs> you are 911. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> and so, you know, that's one time where I was like, really, like your heart's up in your throat and you're like, oh, crap, I got to get there and, and I got to do the thing. And so that's where like a small town thing was nice because we we're able to get there fast and, and work to find out who hit her and take care of them and everything that was going on. But also where it's like, this is so small that. Instead of calling 911, she thought to call me. And then her brother and, and one of the other firefighters lived in the basement. So then I got them and like we're all mounted up there, posse up, ready to go and take care of this. And you're just living in this small town and, and getting those phone calls, right? We definitely didn't teach them to do that either because Matt, <laughs> Madison has done that to me too. Maddie's called me and she's telling me something and I'm like, why are you calling me? Hang up and dial 911. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm staring at this on fire house right now. Can you come? deal with it he's like no you need to call 911 i'm like okay but i'm i'm just getting rid of the middleman you are who's going to come anyway so like i'm just trying to be more efficient here but you're like you're calling your dad who i like i can't speak for sarah but like my dad is the guy that i go to for everything like the good the bad and the ugly like he's my number 1 and so i just feel like he'll know what to do in this situation i'm going to call him anyways and then he shows up in a fire truck so yeah. I mean, they do know what to do right? in that situation. <laughs> he came. <laughs> no pressure. We tracked her down. We got her. She was in cuffs. It's all good. Not quite. Well, we did. I, I was part of the team. There was me and your guy friend and Rachel. Oh, she was in cuffs. Yeah. yeah. The girl who hit me. Yeah, not you. The girl no, who hit me. not me. <laughs> So for me, that's one of the uglier kind of bad times, I would say, that I can remember like freaking out a little bit going, oh, no, what yeah. what happened? And the pressure of that all the time, right? There definitely is. I had a call once that I had just said goodnight to Madison, went to work, and we had this really bad call. And I'm cutting this girl out that's wearing the exact same pajamas Madison was wearing, exact same hair and everything. And the whole time I'm just thinking... Mm -hmm. just thinking of my daughter like that crushing those type of calls and for a daughter i i could done that call a million times not thought twice about it yeah those those young times when you were just like there was nothing that could have got no it wouldn't didn't matter and then all of a sudden it relates back to them right so you guys are so soft now (laughs) (laughs) having kids makes you soft that's for sure (laughs) So how about for you guys, the good, the bad, the ugly? What do you remember? What are, what's the best of times and the worst of times? And what did we miss that broke your heart that you didn't tell us about? Or It's not a counseling session, but... <laughs> you know, for me, I <laughs> I know there were events that you had to leave. I know there were Christmas parades that you ran out of in the middle of. I know 
I know they were there, but we always made a point to, if you had to leave on Christmas, we made it special the next day, or we made it special that night. Or if you had to leave a birthday, you made it up to me the next day. Like there was never a time that you guys having to leave to do your job ever took something away from my life. And I think that that's, can't speak exactly for Maddie, (laughs) but I feel like she'll agree when I say that you guys did your job right as your professional job and as a dad, Mm -hmm. because you could have left and never repaid that leaving in the way that I know you did. So, yeah, I would completely agree. Like you always did right by me. Same thing. But I know that it wasn't because you wanted to leave. It's because like you have a very important job to do. And if you're leaving it's because somebody needs you more than I do. And yeah, like same thing. You always made it up to me. You always like, and the time that we do spend together, like I cherish so much because I know that you're stepping out of being a firefighter for a second and you're just focusing on being a dad and I'm going to get emotional, but (laughs) it's just like, it's very nice to have somebody that I know gives 110% at work and for their community and then also can just turn around and give 110% to me as well. So I definitely, like, I don't remember anything in particular that he had to leave or had to miss or anything like that. But, yeah, like, same thing. Sometimes Christmas is on the 24th. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's on the 28th. Like, it's just a day, but it's, like, when you're all together with your family and you know that, like, you're with them 100% and they're with you 100% you have each other's full attention and, like, all that love is just And I think, like, from day one, you guys made us realize how important your job was and what you were doing for everybody else. Like we never sat there and we're like, wow, he just left. Like we mm-hmm. knew that you were leaving because somebody else needed right. you more than You're not us. sitting there like, thinking like, what a douchebag, like who would just right, leave? Right, <laughs> like, right. And so, I mean, that's an important piece too, because if we don't know why you're doing what you do and mm-hmm. why you're so passionate about what you guys are involved in, then we don't get it. And I think that you made it very clear as to why you were doing what you did and that made it easier for us. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I think especially with like small town firefighting, you can see always down the road, you can see him (laughs) doing his job. You know that like, I've seen you be a firefighter and you're an unbelievable firefighter and like anybody who needs help or comfort or anything, like he is the first person to jump and help anybody who needs it. So it's, you see somebody being so passionate and so good at what they do. And it's, you can't say well, you're not here with me, yeah. right? Like, you just have to... I mean, how selfish does that make us look, yeah, right? Yeah, like we, you just... Yeah. Would you think that that's because we exposed you to all the fire service so much? Like, I know Sarah grew up in northern Alberta. You grew up in southern Alberta. But by the sounds of it, you've had very similar yes. experiences. And by us showing how passionate we are and how much the job and the calling and whatever we want to call it as firefighters that we showed you and gave you those experiences of coming to the fire hall and seeing us with, with everyone else. That's probably what I'm guessing would have helped make that understanding. I don't even know what it would be like for the kids who didn't come to the fire hall (laughs) all the time. Like I honestly wonder how they feel about their dad leaving because you guys opened that up to us so much that it was so easy to understand how passionate and how involved you were with everything that you were doing and how important that job is. And I think that that, again, made it so much easier for you to be able to leave or to be able to walk out. And it was okay because 
again, we knew that you were going to somebody who needed you more because of us seeing that. If we weren't there all the time, we wouldn't have known what you were doing. Yeah, absolutely. Acres Emergency Vehicles, a message from our community. A person who is risking his or her life to save the lives and properties of others deserves something as reliable as an Acres Emergency Vehicle. This is our mission, to thank these people with the best gift we can, our best effort. Our commitment includes a firefighter-driven design, manufacturing integrity, personal and professional service. We are here to serve. We guarantee personal and professional service every step of the way. Acres Emergency Vehicles, built for a life of service. Please visit our website at www.acresev.ca. It's kind of funny for me to hear it from this side, because I will tell you that I spend a lot of time, and I'm sure Brent spent a lot of time, worrying about the time that you miss with your family, right? It's not so bad. Like, anything that's scheduled, you can tell everyone, and you got to go, so it's not... It's the times where you're not expecting it, and you have to go for a callback or get called in, or, you know, something that's supposed to take an hour takes (laughs) a day, (laughs) or two, or three, or whatever, right? And so those events, I think, are always plague me a bit, but... Or even maybe... You know, when everyone's all worried about their family during a flood or a fire or something, and you just have to know that, you know, your wife's at home taking care of business and that your kids get it somehow, that you can't be there. So it sounds like you kind of do, but... Yeah, I've never heard it that way. So there's so many things... Like, I've got a new guy starting with me now on my next tour here. And I give the same speech to every single new guy that starts with me. And I tell him, your family's number one. We like to be number two. Your family's number three. I say that because of all the things that I believe that I I missed or had to leave or run out on or walk out on. And yeah, it's just, it's really weird to, to hear it from. <laughs> it, yeah, it is. It's not necessarily what you were thinking. No, right? not at all. I'm thinking like, oh, here comes the list, right? <laughs> the 42 we pages of, okay, you, you missed our tea party when I was <laughs> two and a half. And yeah. you missed my third birthday halfway through when you had to go out, but it just... And that's what I mean. Like, I know there were things that were missed, but I I can't sit here and tell you one off the top of my head that no, you really. had to leave. And, like, I know that they exist, but they're so small when you do get that time that you cherish so much with the people you don't always get to see because of what you do. And that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just different, I guess. I mean, you know, we come up in a time when it was mostly guys in the fire service and you didn't see a lot of girls in the fire service. There wasn't a lot of women around the fire hall. And so, you know, then when you finally get your own daughter and you're like, wow, like she literally could be whatever she wants to be. She could be a firefighter. She could be a doctor. She could be whatever. And you're starting to get your head wrapped around that, which, I mean, I'm a bit old school. So it was hard for me to wrap my head around that. It just seems so different with a daughter, I guess. Yeah, I was fortunate. We had a couple females, Chantel and Sue and Lisa, a couple others, but Maddie would, she would just look up at them. Even though that she never wanted to do fire service, she respected them like crazy. You could tell that. Yeah, like Chantel, I haven't talked to her in probably like 15 years, but yeah, she made such an impact on me, like just seeing... I mean, the fire service definitely taught me not to take any crap from any dude because they're just, as you grow up, they just become your best friends, but also like your older brothers. So they're just ragging on you all the time. And then to just see like the the one or two girls just give it back to them is 
is awesome, right? Like it's such a male dominated place. And then, yeah, she made such a huge impact on me. And I think like a lot of women in fire really do make a very big impact that maybe they don't even realize on. It's underrated. Totally. So underrated. Yeah. yeah. I love the point you made about like almost having all these big brothers and, and more fathers and stuff, because <laughs> I think there'd be times where Sarah would be screwing up and she'd Kirsten, my wife would say, Hey, you know, you should like talk to her. And I was like, you know what? I got a better idea. And so I'd like invite her down to the fire hall for lunch on a five buck Friday or something. And I, of course, would have told all the guys that work there what's going on. And so they would just light into her. <laughs> there was no, I could be the good guy. Like on the ride home, I was like, are you okay? Those guys were pretty hard on me. But I could literally. Now the secrets come out, hey? Definitely happened down south here. Too. <laughs> yeah. They have made me laugh. They have made me cry. And they have hugged me while I cried. Yeah. So. And I've also. We've got the full wrestling matches for some things that they've said to me, but thick skin. Yeah. Very thick skin. You get at the fire hall. It is just funny, right? How they just kind of get into that role and and it's almost like they expect to have that role. And, and now, like I think about it, Brent, you and I probably have done that for other people's daughters and other. (laughs) Yeah. Not even thinking about it, but yeah, I probably have now that I see it from this side. You do it for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's just funny, right? I get, you know, sometimes the boys where it's like, hey, could you whip this guy into shape? We'll drop him off there and he can do some volunteer hours. But then it's also like, hey, my daughter's dating this guy I don't like or doing this thing I don't like. Or could you ask around and find out if my daughter's up to something? Or it was definitely, right? Useful for you, eh? (laughs) It was very useful for me. Same down here. I remember like I was... When I was younger, like it was, he was like one of my first boyfriends, and and I was like, yeah, invite him over, like whatever, no big deal. And then we get there, and there's 15 firefighters in our kitchen, and this poor guy's just shaking his boots because how do you react to that? <laughs> like, obviously he didn't well because he's not around <laughs> anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Which is exactly what you were hoping for. Hey, <laughs> he did not pass the test. Yeah, uh, he will be moving on. Yeah. Next contestant, please. Yeah. But, but no firefighters. Yeah, but no firefighters. <laughs> but no, no firefighters. Well, let's just take emergency services off out of the board, pretty much. I'm okay with that. I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because you look up to all those firefighters, and they're all your friends, and you trust them with your life. I do, but not your daughter. Yeah, but definitely not your daughter. <laughs> yeah, I would trust them with taking you to the airport. I would trust them with all kinds of things, but. <laughs> Yeah. It's just different, right? And it's uh, even, you know, Ryan and Sarah were close in age and Ryan's friends, of course, were, you know, just a couple years older. And I was just like, don't do it, you yeah. guys. Like, don't don't ask her out. Don't. I would make them all be firefighters so I could actually have power over them to make sure that they can do all that stuff. <laughs> Not exactly. That's but. how the Slave Lake Firefighter was built. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. All the guys that might date Sarah, you're with us. Everybody else, go and have a nice life. Do whatever you want. <laughs> That's true. Is that why I ended up dating a loser? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) It might be in there somewhere. Uh, Everybody has some. Don't worry. Maybe why you're not now, though. We're doing good. Oh, that's funny. So, growing up, did either one of you ever think, maybe I'll be a firefighter or maybe I'll get into that emergency world? (laughs) Briefly. Like, I remember when I was younger, Austin and I used to run around the fire hall and he would be the firefighter and I would be the dispatcher and we would go on pretend calls all day long. And my mom was a dispatcher when I was younger. So I always was interested in it. And then I think once I grew 
up enough to really understand. I think that like, I just straight up don't have that in me. Like I am just, I think that my dad has spoiled me a lot in a lot of ways and I'm hoping to have just a very stress-free kind of life. So I went a different direction, but yeah, I did think about it for a while. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I was the complete opposite for a long time, stomped my feet and said, never will I ever. And now I'm finishing my last year of emergency management. So I... Boom. Welcome to the family business. I can't say it lasted that way forever. However, I would... I'm never going to say never, but I don't want to run into burning buildings. I don't think the job that you guys do is fun. Um, I would never want to be a first responder in the way that you guys are. I think that emergency management is very important and it's a good part of what you guys do. I don't think it's as hard as what you guys do, Uh, and I might get murdered for that later, but I mean, I didn't think I was going to end up where I am now, but I'm not sad about it. And I would never want to do your job. There's there's no way, like things have gone seriously, seriously wrong when I need you. And after that, I can't answer those questions. So (laughs) I need people like you. It's funny, all those jobs, right? You're just talking about Andrea and being a dispatcher. I would never do that one. You're Mm -hmm. just talking about the emergency management side. Not for me. I don't mind stopping in there, giving an update or getting in trouble or whatever, but Mm -hmm. then move on to the next thing. So, And then, so women in firefighting. So you, Maddie, you and Brent were talking about having some women in your fire service that actually were role models for you and you could move up. And Sarah, you didn't really have that, right? We'd... The one person that, that comes to mind is Joanne. Yeah. She was always there. She was always on all the calls the guys were. She was always doing the same work the guys were. No one ever gave her shit or she gave it right back. <laughs> like it was, I think that's probably one that sticks out. Yeah, she's a early, yeah. like started later yeah. in her career. And, and I've known exactly. them since I was running yeah. around in diapers, I could imagine. Good role so. model, RN, firefighter, lots of things to look at there for sure. Yeah, it's just hard. I, you know, I go to some of these fire halls now as I travel across Canada and and you get to meet all these great firefighters and being a woman firefighter is just normal now, right? There's not as many as there is guys for sure, but it's normal to go to a fire hall and, and meet some women that are firefighters there and get to talk to them. But it's funny how you gravitate. So we were out the other day at a fire hall and Sarah, you were working with us and like the very first person you talk to is a woman firefighter, right? And yeah. all I hear later is just like, oh yeah, we're going to go kayaking and now we know each other and all this stuff, right? So it is funny how it just the gravitational pull when you get those kinds of things. Yeah, you're just in such like a male dominated space, right? And so you're kind of both just see each other from across the room and we're like, we're best friends now because it's you and I against all of these dudes. <laughs> It's nice to share the perspective too. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's not easy to be the only woman in a fire hall ever. No matter what your job is, I don't think anybody would say that it's easy or there's no stress or there's no thoughts or there's nothing going through your brain. It's just not that type of atmosphere, which is unfortunate and it could change and I'm sure we'll kind of get into that mm-hmm. next, but it's nice seeing that it's growing into more of a welcoming atmosphere. And it's awesome to be there and see that there's people there and to be able to talk to them and make those connections. Yeah. So Sarah, for you, like you got to see a lot of it in some of the different emergencies that happened and some of them you were younger and got to help out in different ways. Some of them you were older. 
it seemed like we had a forest fire a year, every year or a couple or whatever, and then followed by a flood, followed by a whatever, right? And so you got to kind of work with everybody and do those kinds of things. And for me, it was always funny because I just expected you guys to be there. Your mom would be there, you'd be there, your brother would be there, and everyone would pitch in mm-hmm. in some way. It didn't necessarily have to be what I would think it is but you certainly had to help, right? And so my favorite story about you is always the same one. Know. <laughs> she knows which one. Sandwiches? The sandwich story. And I've probably even told on the podcast before, but it was during the fire and uh, your your job was to help make sandwiches. So you went out with all the catering crew in the fire hall and you made like 150 sandwiches and you came back in and you had this little cat with burnt paws you were taking care of upstairs. So you're like, I got to go and check on this cat. And you went upstairs and you must have came out the back. And then about 15 minutes later, you came into the dispatch area and you were just like full meltdown. Hysterical. Just like, I still remember Just this. like absolutely inconsolable. And I'm like, oh, like what happened? Like, did this cat die? Or, you know, did somebody say something to her? Or, And she's like, all the sandwiches are gone. They ate all the sandwiches. And, and I'm thinking like, how the hell? Like, I know firefighters, but how the hell did they eat 150 sandwiches in 15 minutes? Like, even the guys I know can't do that. But they had packed them all up and taken them out to the field for everybody to, <laughs> to get a sandwich. And so, and so they asked her if she could help make another 150 sandwiches. So I don't know what hurt her feelings more, that those ones were gone or that she had to make 150 new ones. But it was always fun to have you there and to see what was going on. With and them. I think that all of those times really, like drove me to my career choice. I can't remember a fire or a flood that I wasn't doing something to help you guys, especially when I started working at the MD, then it was just more involved. And I think, again, all of the things that you guys taught us while growing up showed us what the right type of person is and who we want to be and the decisions that we make and how that affects everybody around us. And we wouldn't have been the people that we are without you. So <laughs> hope you think that we're great. <laughs> now the twenties are coming the other way. <laughs> Obviously, wow. It's kind of fun for me. Like we were just talking tonight. So Maddie, you're working at a a fly-in helicopter skiing place, and and you were talking about how the staff kind of is responsible now for everything. Like mm-hmm. you're two hours away from anywhere, so you've got to be responsible for the medical part of it and the firefighting part of it and all of those things. And you just said it so offhandedly, like it wasn't a big deal. It was just something that was kind of expected, and and you guys got this. And I wonder so much if that just comes from you know all the conversations you had with your dad and how you got brought up. Yeah, I think like it's a very like the fire hall and I guess our house as well is was just like a team activity, right? Like if one person's doing something, everybody's doing it. And yeah, I think it is second nature now, right? To be in those situations where it's outside of your job description, whatever that means, or you're just doing things that you didn't expect to do. But if you know how to do it and you feel comfortable doing it, then there's no reason you can't. And we are in the middle of nowhere. Like the closest town is two hours away. If something happens, it's on us. So I think coming to it with that understanding of when something goes wrong, here is what we need to do. And here's who is in charge of what. And just all being there for each other makes everybody feel safer and a stronger team because of it, because we have that understanding of it. And I think, yeah, he definitely brought me up like that to whatever anybody needs and whatever you can help with. There's no reason you can't. But he's stopping you. Yeah, exactly. 
Not bad, Brent. Not bad. Well, I'll give a little bit of credit to, <laughs> to, to Army Cadets. She was an Army Cadet for a lot of years, so she had that going for her. Nah, well. it's all him. It's Army Cadets yeah. a little bit. I learned how to build a fire in March, but <laughs> all of the important stuff, all the important stuff comes a, from my I'm parents years for in the sure. Fire service. I still don't know how to march. So. Yeah, twenty-five in the yeah. fire service. And I'm I don't want to talk about whether no, I okay, can build a fire or not. <laughs> Remembrance Day ceremonies, it was me whipping 15 guys into shape before they embarrassed themselves in front of the entire town. So. Yeah, she did do that. Oh, too. I can so see that, eh? She's just out there teaching everybody how to march. Oh, it was so embarrassing. Out in the bay right before, she's like, just if you guys can at least just do these three things, you won't oh look God. so bad. Oh, I can so see that right now. I close my eyes and hear her talking to everybody. Yeah. Don't embarrass yourselves. Don't embarrass me. <laughs> Exactly. The same way that it's what I do me, reflects the family, <laughs> what you do reflects the family right back. Keep it together. That's so true, eh? Right on. So a lot of our listeners probably don't have kids yet, or maybe they got small daughters. And so I think they're going to grab something out of this to say, you know, maybe how they should do that. But if you were allowed to give some advice to any firefighting dad out there about how to incorporate their life into their daughter's lives what kind of advice would you give them drag them to the fire hall even if they don't want to go every single time as many times as you can because the atmosphere as much as it's male dominated (laughs) it's a great place to learn a lot of very useful life lessons surrounding personalities surrounding professionalisms surrounding courage surrounding strength surrounding so many things that are so important that so many people don't get to see firsthand. So drag them to the fire hall, make them see it because it does have an impact on your life. And if your kids don't know what you're doing and they don't know why you're doing it, it's going to hurt when you leave. Damn, that's good advice, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. My other piece of advice would be like, don't be so hard on yourselves. Like you guys work here butts off to help the community and make your team stronger. And like, you taught us well, like we're strong people without you. Like we love you and we are always happy to spend time with you. But yeah, if that's, we're going to the fire hall with you or we're going to sit in the truck while you're on a call for three hours, we'll mind our business and sit in the car and whatever. But like there was times where you were working at other departments and yeah, it would just be like my, when my mom was dispatching, she would be working nights and then he would be like, okay, we got a call, like scoop me up, take me with him. Just put me in the car. I and still remember my first. Yeah, car. Right? Like, yeah. Like, don't don't sweat it. Like, we're gonna be fine. I know that it's hard for you to not stick on. Oh, I missed this or I missed that. But if you can make it up, or if you can spend some other time, or make something else fun, quality, not yeah, quantity. Exactly. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Wow. It's over to you, Brent. Now. Now, what kind of advice do you have those same people? What kind of advice do you have from the adult, the dad perspective of this? Oh, wow. I don't know. And you can't use theirs. <laughs> it's, I make funny of all time for hashtag always learning, but it's so true of just how much they learn and how much you learn from watching them as well. And the lifelong acquaintances and friends that I know Madison's made from all those firefighters she's out working in banff and runs into john morris and just like oh hey how are you Mm -hmm. you know back and forth and all these people asking how she knows this olympic athlete (laughs) and it's like well from the fire hall i've known him forever those 
relationships that she made when she was four are still just as strong today. Yeah, I'm protected from every side. Like, no matter where I go, I know that people have my back that I know from fire. So I'm kind of blown away with some of the things I said tonight because I thought it would go a completely... I thought it was going to go a bit of a different way. I'm not going to lie. Racing for the train that's going to run you over. Yeah, I thought there would be a bit more of a train. It's just, (laughs) yeah, for the other firefighters that are out there that... They have their daughters now. It's just you will become a little bit softer as the years go on. You will think about things a little bit differently. You'll look at things a little differently. And you'll want them to be empowered, right? So the more you can do and the more you can help with that, the better. I know that I've learned so much from my daughter. I definitely have opened up and thought of different things, looked at things a different way. And she's been probably the best person for that, making me look at something from a different angle. Uh, being such a dinosaur at times after 25 years in the fire service of, Dad, you got to look at this this way or this this way. And that's not just in the fire service. I mean, talking in, in life of things I look at and why I look at it that way. So I would say that I definitely look at things differently because of her. And it's going to happen. You're going to become a little softer once you get a daughter, but it's a good thing. <laughs> Because you put on this whole gruff and rough thing always at the hall and rah, 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 and, and you're going to do this and we can do whatever we need to do to get whatever problem solved, right? But deep down, you're really a bit of a softy and you have to, I guess, lean into that a little bit more than what you normally would. I definitely heard some things and didn't necessarily think. I thought this might have been a bit of a roast for us. Yeah, <laughs> I was scared. You know, it's... Uh, <laughs> I'm staring into the office and I see my daughter standing there with us with uh, Paul Brandt who came after the fire and she got to experience all that. And I think of all the field trips we got to go on, some turned out really great. Some got canceled by fire calls and whatnot. Um, we left halfway through. Yeah, she did not get the same education. as you. But, you know, it was still fun to get away. And, you know, I think back to some of those special times where maybe we went on a field trip to Edmonton and a a fire call couldn't wreck the whole day for us. And to me, I think I held on to some of those as really special times where it was just like it was me and her and nobody else and and nobody else could kind of get to us. And it would even be funny because we'd be sitting there, you know, just me and her or maybe just me and her and one of her friends. And I would think, oh, she's going to go away with all her friends. But it would be like, oh, no, I got you for the whole day to myself. So I'm going to just take advantage of that. And to me, those were the special moments, but maybe they weren't. Now that I listened to all this, maybe the special moments were she was enjoying some of those things that I was enjoying and going through it, right? So I love that your advice was to drag them to the fire hall. <laughs> I wish mm-hmm. I could show you three-year-old Sarah. I, I, I know. Her, her face would be like, what? I kind of <laughs> didn't want to say it. But <laughs> it's the cold-hearted truth, <laughs> even if she doesn't want to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... That's super cool. So we've got these two powerful, young, smart, beautiful women that turned out to be the greatest daughters you could hope for. You know, you have to relate that to women in the fire service. I think that, to be honest, in the early parts of my career, I just never thought about it, that there wasn't women in the fire service. I didn't think about it. I didn't notice it. It It wasn't a problem for me. There was no, we're trying to keep them out or anything. It just, none were there in our small town. Later on, you know, as we went together with other the other fire service and we regionalized and then all of a sudden we kind of went, there was maybe one or two firefighters that were women. And then because of the smaller, even smaller rural places, there was probably 15 that were women. And so for me, that was kind of cool because, you know, on a parade day or pancake day, when I'd take Sarah down there, there'd be 
let's just say a dozen women, some older moms, some younger, just getting started. And it was kind of neat to see all that. And so now we go to these different fire halls and she's attracted to these women firefighters to talk to them and get their story and really talk about it. Like, you know, why are you a firefighter? Why do you like this? How did this come about? I love that that's happening, that they're actually interested in why women are now joining the fire service. Down here, we had, we definitely had some and they're on some major departments now. But I'd love, like when I was with Sarah at a fire hall there a week or so ago, a couple of weeks ago, and I just love watching her in there of how she can control her own and just gets what she needs done and can get the guys to do with whatever she really needs. And then that's all those years of you being around the fire halls, right? Absolutely. And you know how they all act and you know <laughs> what to do and what to get. And then a female firefighter comes in and they go towards you as well, right? How you were saying. And the fact that you're not even a firefighter, but you're in there in these fire halls doing some consulting work and stuff. And these women that have been on for only a couple of years are learning things from Sarah of the way that she's doing things because she's been in fire halls for 20 years. So I found that really cool. So yeah, I'm all for everybody in, in the fire service to get it changed up a little bit so that we don't have the same mindsets all the time and the same thinking. And there's so many things that we get that are beneficial from having more women in the fire service. And that I just look at, my daughter and your daughter now that I've become to know her so well. And I just want that same opportunity for all of them out there. Big old softie. Huge softie. Oh my goodness. (laughs) It's like the last four people you screamed at at the last fire. They're all like, what? Who's that guy? (laughs) This really took a turn. (laughs) This is not the guy that we work for. Yeah. The guys at the hall are going to be making fun of you. Oh yeah. good it's all good all right so sarah maddie thank you for coming from brent and i for sure thanks for being our daughters thanks for (laughs) being on the podcast with us and i think thanks for not running us over with a freight train that we thought was coming definitely thought that was coming i was a little concerned turn the mics off let's talk for real (laughs) (laughs) all right that's season two growing up fire thanks to maddie sarah and brent for uh, being on the show appreciate you guys Thanks for listening to Growing Up Fire today. Follow me on Instagram at Chief Coots to comment or send questions. We appreciate your support.